Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm Kevin Daisy, and I'm your host. And today I have Scott Beebe coming out of South Carolina to, uh, is it North Carolina? South Carolina? South Carolina, North Carolina. that's right, yeah. Oh, okay, so, uh, right by Hilton Head. Uh, so he's on the East Coast here with me. Uh, of course, I'm up here in Virginia. But today we have some great topics to cover for you. I'm excited to have Scott on here to share uh, what he knows and his background. And uh, just so you know, up front, we're going to be discussing vision for your law firm, structure of your law firm. And then we're also going to cover exiting, what that looks like. So uh, great topics. And uh, Scott, I'm excited to talk about those with you here. So welcome to the show. Kevin, thanks. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. So as always, I like to have the audience learn more about you and your background and kind of get that out of the way. And, and then we can get into some of these, uh, these awesome topics. So yeah. tell us about yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm an obvious guest for you here because I was a... Uh, was a, a theology student. I was a telemarketer in theology school. I sold drugs legally for a living. I ran a very small nonprofit. I pastored a church. I planted a church. And now I own a business coaching and advisory firm. So it makes total sense why you would have chosen me. <laughs> saying that completely tongue in cheek. But yeah, it's a little bit of our background. I grew up all over the country. My dad's a professional engineer and we followed the work around the country. I ended up finishing high school uh, moving from Portland, Oregon to Greenville, South Carolina, uh, went to yeah. university at University of South Carolina, met Ashley there. She and I've been married 25 uh, years at the time of this recording. We've got three kids all out of the house, 22, 20, and uh, about to be 19 here in about a week. And wow, uh, you're ahead of me. Our, yeah, we had a big year this year. Our daughter got married. Um, so we, uh, we got a new, a new human into our, into our family, got a son-in-law into our family. We love him. He's great. And, uh, and then our last child graduated from high school. So, uh, and then we celebrated 25 years of marriage and then we left our business for a month. So it's huge back to back April, May, June, July, all back to back. And, uh, yeah, there's a whole story behind that and leaving the business has to do a lot with what we're going to talk about today, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, uh, if anyone's listening, uh, you heard leave the business for a month, like that's, you know, that probably makes some of you guys, you know, even get a little concerned, it, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I turned this into it. So, uh, yeah, the, the, Scott was mentioning that backstage and I was like, that's, that's impressive. And although we, uh, everyone wants to think they can do that or believe it, uh, it's just hard to do it. And I think mm -hmm. most don't actually even test it. <laughs> so, uh, so kudos on you for that. So, well, what, you know, appreciate the background and I know you, you've done all kinds of other things in Africa, Nigeria, I believe I, I was reading your, your background and so you've done some amazing stuff and thanks for coming on here to share, you know, really what you've learned for your career and uh, how we can help our uh, attorneys that are listening today. So let's jump into uh, talking about vision and uh, some of the things you see, issues you see, and, and me too, uh, we agreed when we were speaking earlier uh, about uh, setting vision for the, for a law firm and, and what that looks like. Yeah. 
Well, there, there's a couple of things around this idea. And the, the, the reason it's important, we've got to go foundationally way, way, way back. So we've, I think, adopted the mentality that vision is some novel concept that, you know, Peter Drucker brought us or Harvard Business School or something like that. Uh, vision, dependent on your faith convictions, uh, has literally been around since the, you know, the, the beginning of the world. But let's go back to actual drawn up history that we can read. If you go back about 3,500 years, there was a statement made in, in, in the Middle Eastern region that said, write the vision down so that those who read it may run. It's written not in English, in another language, but write the vision down so that those who read it may run. It's actually written in Hebrew. And so if you go back and look at that, and you're thinking, wait a second, write the vision down. So there's a literal physical writing things down, especially back then. You had papyrus <laughs> or stone or whatever you wrote on. And so you wrote something down. Well, when you write something down, what does it draw us to do? It draws us to physically read it and to comprehend and to understand the perspective of whatever it is that you've written down. And then once that is written down, now I have a choice. So you can write down something to me. I see that thing. So now it's real. Michael, Ger Michael Gerber said, if you don't write it down, it doesn't exist. Or actually, sorry, he said, if you don't write it down, you don't own it. We say, if you don't write it down, it doesn't exist. And, and, and it's because if I have a, something conceptually in my head, well, it's not real. It's still make-believe, but make-believe is okay. Annie Dillard, the poet, talks about a weekly schedule. And she said, a weekly schedule is willed and then faked and so brought into being. Well, Disney's the same way, right? Walt Disney willed it, he faked it. And now make-believe is real. You can actually buy a ticket and go there. And so with this idea of vision, so many of us kind of push away from the idea because it's been so nebulous and never concrete and written down. So write the vision down so that those who read it may run. Here's the other part of the statement that I love. It says those who read it may run, but it doesn't say which direction they'll run. So you may <laughs> write something down and they run away from you because they don't like where you're going. You may write something down and they actually run with you and towards you because they are so compelled by what you've written down. And so when we write those things down, we've actually got a vision story template that we do that has seven different categories to take in a firm, in a business to begin to write these things. There might be 12, there might be five, but we've just put down and identified seven, at least to give you some texture and some context to be able to go, okay, here's what I see out there. So in short, what a vision is, is a detailed snapshot of the future of your business. No, I love that. And um, I like the part where you're like, they might run away, they might run with you. And having that clear vision, you know, we'll, we'll keep away the folks that aren't a fit and, and that's fine. Right. And then yeah. you know, the ones that, that grasp it and go, Ooh, I want to be, uh, I want to be part of that. Yeah. They will stick with you and they want to follow and, and see where this goes. <clears throat> so I think that's a big thing. You know, we have a vision here and we have a mission and we have core values. And for years, kind of like what you're saying, me and my business partner were like, eh, you know, it's just one of those things you do an exercise at a workshop and then put them in a drawer somewhere and, and whatever it took, you know, it took us a couple of times before we like, okay, no, these are, these are being displayed and used daily and they're mm -hmm. used every single day here in kudos points and our Slack channels and, and our employees have to recite them. And it's literally, we had to make it so upfront center that it's, yeah. it's a known thing. And so but for years, we, we were like, eh, this is just one of those floppy kind of things. And it doesn't yeah, it's really just matter. a consultant gig to be able to come in and do something. And you mentioned even we just put it on the shelf and let it sit over there. So your role as a firm owner is take it off the shelf, 
put it into the mainstream of our day to day. That's your responsibility. It's not mine as a as a paralegal or as an assistant up front or whatever. It's your role as the leader of the firm to take that off the well first to write it, then to take yeah. it off the shelf. And so I'll give you a little strategy of how this works. Super easy. If you'll just go to your calendar and pick six days over the next twelve months, every other month, just one a month, uh, one a month every other month, for one hour. And all you have to do for one hour is get the whole team on a Zoom call. They can be in the room if you're all physically together. They can Zoom call if you got multi-office or whatever. And you pull up the vision and you read it. And then you click end. And that's it. And so we take this vision, we put it in front of people. I will tell you, we do a little extra thing for our vision days. Uh, we just wrapped up our 15th consecutive vision days a day over the last two and a half years since we started doing that nice. uh, last schedule. week. Yeah. And so what we do now, is I, I read it top to bottom, and then I do green, yellow, reds. And so I'll just give an overview. Hey, greens are the things that I feel like as the owner are going great. Yellow. And we've have a, by the way, we have a nine person business, just to give you some context, all full time, yeah. all W2, uh, five of which are full time coaches and the other four support team members. So we're set up very much like a law firm in how we operate. And so uh, I read through it and then I do green, yellow, reds. Greens are, hey gang, we're crushing these things. And I'll usually have six to 10. Yellows, which I'll usually have three to five because uh, I want to pair those down, right? Because it's easy for me, the owner, to see all the reds and the yellows. So I need to discipline myself to go, no, 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 no. What are the real ones? And the yellows are, I need to be aware of this. They're not going to kill us, but we do need to be aware. And then the reds are one or two things that I feel like could take us out unless we solve those things. And so with Vision Day, Take it off the shelf, pick six dates, obsess about those six dates for one hour, get everybody together, read through the vision, do some green, yellow, reds, ask if anybody's got any questions, click in and move on. Hey there, this is Kevin Daisy, your host and founder of Array Digital. If you're tired of wasting money with agencies that just can't get it done, then please check out my law firm, Digital Marketing Agency at ArrayDigital.com. If you contact us there, you'll be sure to line up a meeting with me where we'll walk through your exact situation and come up with a plan for what you can do to improve your marketing results. I look forward to talking to you. Now back to the show. I love it. I like the structure and the kind of how simplistic it is. Right now, I know we have 36, I think, full-time and we have uh, morning huddles every day during the week with everyone. And then we have breakouts. But then we have, well, and one of my, so I have three businesses, but in one, we do monthly meetings for company where we kind of cover vision, mission, and, and core values every single time. And then uh, my big, my main company, Array Digital, we do quarterly. So it's not quite every other month, but it's, uh, same format. We definitely hit all yeah, those things. We'll take it. Sold. Yeah. If you can give me quarterly, I'll I'll meet you in the middle. I'm doing, I'm doing a good job. Six. If I can get you to four, we're good. Yeah. Well, so uh, that's what we're doing right now. But um, I like kind of the schedule that you you put out there, and we're already meeting with our team. It's just you know adding that extra thirty minutes, or it doesn't that's have right. to be that long, probably. And real quick, I just wanted to throw this up here while I thought about it is uh, checking out Scott and his and his website. So mybusinessonpurpose.com. That's right. And uh, you can check him out there, but please check his website out, see what he's all about, connect with him. And I'll be sharing that again here uh, in just a bit. But yeah, I want to make sure that people you. could uh, navigate to that if they're, if they're tuned in right now. So 
No, I love it. So we're, we're up on the same page. And again, for years, I thought this stuff doesn't matter. And our team doesn't matter. They're just here for a job. Um, and that can't be further from the truth. That's and, right. And once you do nail this down, it's just, you know, it's not going to be perfect probably the first time. The vision might not be exactly we're on version 8.0. We're nine years into yep. our business. We're on version 8.0. I love it. Yeah, I'm not sure which version we're on, but uh, I like having a version number. That's good. But we've definitely, we've hit it a few times and we haven't changed it in a little while now, but it takes some work. It takes some work. Where do you really want to go? Where are you really trying to be? And so uh, I love that. So uh, what is the best, um, as far as like, uh, maybe on your website or somewhere, what's a good place for them to start? Like if they want to construct a vision and, and don't know where to start. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's uh we've got a cool little tool. If you go to my business on purpose, dot com forward slash roadmap. So do a forward slash roadmap at the end of our website. It's got, uh, we've got our full installation roadmap and the first medallion on that roadmap says vision story. And one of our coaches has done about a two to three minute overview of that. And so that's a great place to start just to get, and you'll actually, if you go there, you'll see our entire roadmap and every one of the medallions is about 24, 26 uh, that you can click on. They all come with about a two to three minute overview video of what each of those things are. Uh, so even some of the things that we talk about here in just a few minutes, will go on there as well. So yeah, mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash roadmap. Yeah, I love it. Okay, appreciate that. So go check that out. And uh, if you need help getting started, good place to get start. And uh, one of the things that we, we spoke about briefly before we got on was, you know, firms that are there, they are successful to some degree, right? Um, but they're still, they're just running on not just luck, but just being a good lawyer, being the right people, being good at some aspects of the business, but they don't have mm -hmm. that vision piece, right? Mm -hmm. And so I know one of the things, you know, for me is our team needs to know where we're going and want to be on this journey. And mm -hmm. if not, you start losing people. Mm -hmm. And if they don't know why they're there, eventually they're just going to be like, yeah, I can go somewhere else. So mm -hmm. either you're growing, you've had some success and, and maybe money's flowing in, you know, having that vision around what are you trying to accomplish and, and making sure you're not just spending every dollar you make. What, what are you trying to do here? I think yeah. establishing this really helps make that concrete. Yeah. Well, and it gives you a broader picture for the point of everything else that, that we would have you to do to build the firm. And so when we start talking things about like subdividing your bank accounts, setting up org charts, job roles, process roadmaps, all those sorts of things, you as a firm owner go, I've gotten this far on my own. Like, why do I need all that? Well, most of the talks that we gave throughout 23, we, we gave about 60 uh, talks on various stages throughout the country this past year. The number one thing people wanted to hear about was recruiting, hiring, and retaining talent. And we mm -hmm. finally kind of, you know, it's complex. I get it. But we also want to simplify things. And if you want a simplified one-word response of what a younger generation is working for, the generation that you're having to hire as a managing partner, as a firm owner, the one thing that they want more than anything else, and I know you're going to roll your eyes at this. Anybody who's listening, you're going to go, God, it's got to be more complex than one thing. It is, but I'm going to boil the complexity down to one thing so that we have a container for the complexity in one word. And that one word, clarity. The more chaos you allow to fester in your firm, the less interested young people are going to want to come work for you. And here's the challenge. In the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, you could get away with it. But now owners are getting serious about creating clarity in their firms and in their businesses. 
and your barrier to entry to go find talent is going to get higher and higher. It's going to get harder and harder. And so for you to start creating that clarity now, which is hinged on the vision. Actually, there's a proverb. It says, where there is no vision, people scatter. And there are a lot of firm owners and business owners trying to figure out why can't we recruit and hire people? Because they're scattered from you because you're chaotic. Um, and so once we start to uh, bring clarity, well, how do we do that? We write it down. We write it down. How do you do a real estate closing? Write it down. How do you walk through a personal injury litigation process? Write it down from front to back, right? Once we get that stuff written down, now you've got Hannah and Steve who come into the business, they're 28 years old, and they look around and they go, wow, everything that I, I need for the most part is here. We actually have a core value in our business called 8515. And what it means okay. is the business, business on purpose is going to provide you, the team member for BOP, it's going to provide you 85% of what you need. The 15% is why you're here. We wouldn't need you if you provided 100% of everything. We provide the 85, you deliver the 15. But what happens wow, most often is the business provides the 15 and expects the employee to provide the 85. Also, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're talking more about business structure and, and systems and process and stuff of like that. And so important and, and something that we've spent the last couple of years on here at my company. And it shows, I mean, through and through, because we hired, we hired nine people in uh, October, right? Wow. So it's a lot of people, um, but talking with them and I have like a, I don't even know these people are being hired because I got managers that hire and do their own thing. And right. I basically have a, a call. I'll have a, a 15 minute call with each employee. Just, just meet them, say hi. And um, the feedback that I've gotten versus years ago and even a year ago is everything you're, like you're saying also has to be for recruiting and hiring and onboarding a new employee. What's that experience like for them? Yeah. And so I don't know how many employees that came from other marketing agencies we're just like, wow, this is, they're so impressed and so amazed versus where they came from. And these are bigger agencies than us that are just, they're running like, you know, off the rails. They're not right. structured. Um, and maybe they are in some of their marketing processes, but you got to, you got to do this for everything and think about the new employee that's starting tomorrow. What does that first day look like? Is it mapped out? Do you have everything that they're going to do that day? Or is it just like, Oh crap, I forgot you were starting yeah. today. Um, just um I don't know, fill out some paperwork and then um I don't have time to yep to actually work That's with strategy. you. Strategy that strategy drives me up the wall. And the reason it does is because we as owners have been put in positions of stewardship and leadership. And when we do that to people, what we're doing is we're harming them personally, and it bothers me because and you could go, no, 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 this is just business, really. So life and business don't necessarily intersect. Of course they do. Something's going to happen to you at work today. You think you're going to be able to parse that and not bring it home or vice versa. Something happens to you at home and you're not going to be able to bring that to work. I got a dear friend who I just got a call from two days ago. He's 76 years old. He's a mentor of me, taught me the coaching business. And uh, he's got stage four pancreatic cancer. That's a personal issue. You don't think that affects his work? Life and business intersect. And so when we look to bring somebody in, when we come in, when, when we ask them to come into our chaos, it's, it's mean. 
It's unkind. I don't know any other way to put it. Uh, let's take the structural business terminology out of it. And let's talk about, uh, about real life and human beings. But when we lay down a roadmap for the recruiting process, a checklisted item on the hiring process, hey, Steve, this is where you're at today. Hey, we're going to meet again next week. And this is what we're going to talk about. All right, Steve, here's where you're at now. Then they come on, Steve, here's, and this is another big takeaway for a lot of firm owners. If you can do this one time, it will pay you dividends until you exit your firm. Write out a four-week onboarding script, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, week one, week two, week three, week four, Monday at eight o'clock, Monday at nine o'clock, Monday at 10 o'clock. This is what you're doing every step of the way when you come in. If you can do that one time, it'll take you about an hour to two hours. If you can spend that two hours, let's give, and it won't even be that long, that four-week plan will serve you until you exit your business. Now, you'll tweak it for each role that comes in. Not a big deal. You'll spend five minutes doing that. But if you can do that, you have bought them for life. One of our coaches did a masterclass a couple of months ago, and the title of it was catchy. Uh, he called it How to Not Lose an Employee in the First 24 Hours. <laughs> and of course, he doesn't mean they're going to leave in 24 hours. What he means is your first 24 hours will determine whether they're buying in or whether they're, whether they're going to start looking for their next job, but they won't take it until 12 months from now. A hundred percent. And so it's actually you're damaging yourself and them and you're delaying them leaving. They're not going to leave that fast, but that's right. They, they, they become, they're probably not as productive. They're, they're not happy, but they're going to, that's going to cost you a whole lot more money. Absolutely. And you know, just like bringing on a client, right? Uh, how do you handle a new case or a new client that comes in the door? Do you, does someone pick up the phone right away? Do they get someone to talk to? Do they get handed to a lawyer or paralegal? How do you handle your clients and why are you not doing the same for, employees that you're bringing on mm -hmm. um i mean for us if we if a new law firm hires my firm we have a, a full process of course and um we we got to think about that we mess up anything along the way first impressions you know all that stuff's gonna matter and the longevity of, of that client be, being a client so this yes all this stuff has to be and, and it doesn't you know for us when we started this there's still areas where we're like, you know, we haven't, we haven't got this one figured out yet. Or we have this, this department over here. That's not, not as processed out as the others. Um, but it's a work in progress and, and you're always going to be updating these processes and improving yeah. things as you learn, talk to your people. Hey, when you onboarded you as a new employee, give us some feedback. Hmm. What did you think? Well, I think it was awesome, but I, if you guys could have done this, that would have been that better. better. Yeah. Or, I didn't know about this and there was kind of some confusion here. They'll tell you uh, and ask yeah. them and then they're going to appreciate you even more for, for asking. Absolutely love it. Well, as far as like, you know, structure and process of uh, yeah, anything else you want to touch on that you feel is uh, another hot topic or anything like that before we move on to. Excellent. Well, I think in general. So when we think about how a firm is built, I think it's good to put it in a construction metaphor and to think, that when 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 lawyers and and no offense to lawyers, you, you guys typically weren't taught business in law school. You were taught the lawyering side of things, and so for for attorneys, is of course they would because it's not been taught. And then on the flip side of that, ninety six percent of businesses never see their tenth birthday, and so 
business is hard, especially when you're handicapped by not having learned about it in the very school that taught you to go out into the world and offer your service to us through the medium or the platform of business. So I do think it's helpful to understand how a business is built that then the law, the, the, uh, the legal product sits on top of or the service sits on top of. And so there's three major foundations. The first one is what we call the five foundational cornerstones. And I'm going to go through these really, really quickly, but just take those three <laughs> layers. I think those are the important takeaways. The first of that five foundational cornerstone, written vision story, written mission statement, 10 words or less, by the way, none of these paragraph nonsense and all that stuff. That's just dreamy and flighty. Uh, you, I, I've actually, it's written right below my name, by the way, is our mission statement to liberate owners from chaos to make time for what matters most. And so what's that powered packed thing that tells me why you're doing what you're doing? Third element of the five foundational cornerstones are what we call unique core values. So not excellence, respect, responsibility, integrity. Those were Enron's core values, by the way, back in 2001. (laughs) Those, I I feel those are uh, to be expected. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. If if you and I don't have that, like, let's just not do business together, right? Those are, those are honest. Okay. Well, Yeah. And so uh, example, some of our values, I've told you one already, 8515. Another one of our values, relentless learning. A new value that we just added, the four R's, receive, record, remind, report. Uh, We were having a problem with that in our business, that things were getting lost. And so we needed to run that rail. Values are nothing more than, than curbs on the side of the road to keep you in the bounds of the road that you're going on towards your vision, which is out there. So written vision, written mission, written set of values. If they're not written, they don't exist. And if they're not proactively scheduled and talked about, they don't exist. Uh, the fourth element of the five foundational cornerstones, team meetings, actually what we call the big five in every business. Every business should have a weekly team meeting, a weekly project meeting or departmental meeting, marketing, sales, uh, ops, or legal services, and admin. And then every business ought to have at least once monthly executive meeting, some sort of leadership meeting within the high level leadership. Even if you only have two business, uh, two people in the business, one of you rubber stamps the decisions and you need to be thinking reflectively about the business at least once a month. So the other part of the big five, team meeting, departmental meeting, executive meeting, check-ins, you call them huddles, you do them dailies. Uh, a lot of people don't do these at all. So we recommend at least once monthly, 15 minute check-ins, and then a once annually performance evaluation that is based on those 12 check-ins that happen. So those are the foundational cornerstones. If any one of those things that I have said is absent from your firm, you know where to start. Start by going back there. And so you got that foundational letter. Uh, later. So now I, I, think we, I think I check all the boxes here. So I'm feeling good about myself. Right okay. Now. You're feeling good. All right. Let me see if I can stump you here. All right, so oh, then we've got sure. a, a concrete pad that sits on top of those cornerstones. And that concrete pad is made of about 12 or 13 different ingredients that's mixed into that concrete of the business. Notice, we've not talked about anything having to do with the interior design, the logos, the brands, any of that stuff. No offense to a digital marketing guy, but we're not there yet. Because if the digital marketing sits on a house of cards, then the marketing's of no value at that point. Marketing agencies so, cannot help you if you, as a business owner, don't establish these things. That's it's, right. We can't take a, a chaotic business that can't operate and just drive leads to it and then Make it solve look all the That's problems. That's called snake oil. Not, uh, not there's all in- industry around that. All right. So this concrete slab is made up of things like, and I'm going to preface everything by saying the word written, written job roles, written org charts. Uh, written master process roadmaps in binders, that sort of thing, subdivided bank accounts, like 
all of these things need to be there in the ingredients of that concrete pad that sits on top of that. If they're not documented, they don't exist. And if they don't exist, they can't be followed. So I assume you uh, follow profit first with the uh, bank <laughs> yes. accounts? Yeah. Yes. So we, uh, we have every one of our clients subdivide their bank accounts. And then we added another layer on top called a level two dashboard, the level one being your bank accounts. And so then tracking those bank accounts every week, because people go, well, I can just pull a cash flow statement. Yes. A, you won't. And B, that tells you past cash flow. It does not tell you meaningfully day-to-day, week-to-week cash flow. That's really, really important. And so uh, we have them track it, a snapshot of their bank accounts every week, and then also put their receivables in there so that we can do some math to show them their actual cash position from week to week. So we're not just looking at historical data back there because we live in the world of cash in real life. And so we want to make sure that that cash in real life is being seen. All right. So you have all those in that, that ingredient. There's a bunch of other things on there, but you get the point of what's there. And then the final layer of the walls, there are these things right here that are going around and every business has four major walls. And, uh, and those walls are very simply. And in this order, number one is marketing tells the world we're here. Hey, we're here. We're here. We're here. Number two is sales. That's making the vow that we're going to get married. Like, let's let's walk down the aisle together, right? <laughs> Number three is operations, or in the legal field, it would be the legal services, the actual fulfillment of our service and what we're going to do. Um, and so that that fulfills the promise we made during sales and when we walk down the aisle. And then the fourth wall is the administrative wall. This is where we find all the HR, the accounting, everything right. that pays the bills and keeps the lights on and changes the diapers of the household. That's the administrative function of what we're doing. So every firm that's listening has those five foundational cornerstones, has a concrete slab, and has those four walls, or you don't. And that's where you've got to have a real honest conversation with yourself. Because when we talk about the exit side of this, Kevin, you can't exit. Actually, you can exit. You can't exit well if you don't have those things already built. Because nobody wants to buy your chaos they want to buy your clarity. I love it. Yeah, yeah the, to your point, yeah, you may be able to exit or sell to your employees or walk away from it, basically. But you're not in a position that you want to be in if that's the way your, your company's right. right. So I, I think, you know, one of the big things you're with the structure is like, it's an order too. It's not just like you can't do the cornerstones after you've done the walls or the right. concrete slab, right? So, so you need to, hit these things in order and, and, and build from there because the vision, the mission, that should, that should, you know, help you make every other decision. Let's go back to the vision. So we can make this decision. Like, why right. are we doing this? Right. What are we exactly doing? Right. So, no, I love that. So it sounds like profit first, which we follow good book. Everyone profit first. I've mentioned it many times traction or EOS another, you know, for the four, um, Things you just mentioned, uh, yeah. sales, marketing, operations, um, another good book for that. Um, so, uh, yeah, spot on, spot on. Um, again, I think for the most part, we, we hit all those pretty good. Um, yeah, well, and it's, Kevin, honestly, it's one of the reasons you've been able to grow multiple businesses is it's really, really hard to grow multiple businesses when you don't have those things in place. Uh, and so we tend to look around and we sort of have uh, growth envy of a lot of people and we look at it and we call it luck. Wow. They're so lucky. Maybe if I get started, I can be lucky too. 
And the, the truth is there are some businesses that grow in spite of themselves. Um, but if you look at them, usually there are things that are propping them up that if one thing gets kicked out, they'll fall apart. Or the business was started by great, great grandfather in the 1940s. And it's got such an established root base. It's, it's going to be really hard to kill off. Um, those are becoming more rare and only 30% of second generation businesses make it and only 12% of third generation businesses make it. And so uh, you can see that the numbers are not on your side if you just want to sort of haphazardly grow a business in spite of missing all of those foundational elements and hope to pass it down, to sell it, to legacy it, to send it to employees or whatever. No, uh, Yeah. I mean, the, the stats out there are, are pretty crazy. And I mean, I think you said that makes it to 10 years, but I mean, just to make it to your third or fifth year or first year sometimes. Yeah. Uh, really it's very challenging. And then, and then I think it's only like 4%. I think it's 4% of businesses that get to a million in revenue ever. Right. right. And so there's a lot of small businesses, a lot of lawyers out there listening that are a single lawyer uh, with some staff uh, stuck at the work and not putting any effort and time on these things. And you can start by the beginning, right? And start yeah. laying those things out. You don't have to have any employees and start working on these things. That's right. So that when you hire that first person, you're like, hey, I have some some structure here. I have, I've written down some of these processes, uh, how yeah. I do this, how I do that. Here's my vision. And, you know, I think the other thing too is, it's all about just money. Like, I just want to grow and make as much money as I, I can and then sell my company and I don't care about anybody else. Yeah. And, and then if the you're question not growing is, your business, well, if you're not growing your business, you're not giving your opportunity, uh, any opportunity to your employees. That's to right. Grow. Who are they going to lead if you don't hire more people? Yeah. Um, so financially, security, uh, whatever they're looking for, if they want to travel, lead teams, uh, whatever, and then their family, right? So you're not making room for everyone. Yeah. So, you know, to me, you, you got to be constantly growing. It doesn't have to be astronomical. But healthy growth over time, I think, is necessary. You have to focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these are all good things. So let's let's kind of flip into a couple of things about exiting and, and kind of yeah. what you see in different ways. Maybe uh, law firm owners could uh, could be looking at what they could do. Yeah. The uh, you know the thing to think about with exiting, and everybody wants to know, hey, how much is my firm worth? What's a good profit margin? Uh, for a law firm and and all those. And, and the short answer is it literally does depend. I mean, there's so much uh, that it that it depends on that you've got to really, really think about uh, when you're looking at that. But what I thought I would do is um, we, we've I, um, I'm a certified exit planning advisor. We've got a whole closet of tools that we use around this. And I thought it would be really helpful to understand some general rule of, rules of thumbs uh, to be able to help with firm owners, because there's a lot of people that are in their 50s and 60s and they're like, I this is my retirement plan. Like, what am I going to yeah. do uh, with this? And there are some of you who want to take chips off the table. Let me just go over really, really quickly. In general, there are a lot of elements around this, but in general, how a business is valued. Now, some of you are going to go, well, what about a law firm? No, no, no. How a business is valued. The service <laughs> is in part relevant to the multiple, but outside of that, what the buyers are looking at is the business. They're not looking at the logo. They're looking inside and underneath yeah. the hood. And so there's a couple of things that we look at in four major categories when we're looking to transition a business, exit a business, or just simply sell part of it so the owner can take some chips off the table and go reinvest it somewhere else uh, and, and maybe give it to some of their employees or whatever. And so the first is a set of recast financials 
Uh, no offense, but attorneys are notorious for sort of spending on things that may not quite be for the firm and maybe some other things. And so your CPA has got to go through a series of addbacks and adjustments to get some of those numbers on the net income line back up. It actually will do you a favor because usually it increases your net income on the bottom line of the P&L because so many of your CPAs are trying to get you to pay less money. So they want that, that number down. And so that's the first thing we do is get a set of recast financials uh, from your CPA. You can just ask your CPA about that and they should be able to provide that. In fact, CPA should provide that. Uh, for you at least a couple of times a year. So you can see a real number versus your tax number. Your tax number is where they're trying to get you down so you pay less tax. We need yeah. to see a real number as it relates to the value of the business. So that's the first thing. Then what we're going to do is we're going to look at sort of a range of value um, through the lens of the recast financials and what they would call a multiple. And so a multiple for a law firm uh, can be, it's going to be usually on the low end. It's going to be a range. It could be a half a point up to four to five points, depending on uh, the measurability of the business. So let's just say it's a one to four. Let's just make some numbers up for a second. And you get a one to four multiple. And you've got a recast financial EBITDA that comes back at about $200,000. And let's run through and then you go, well, how do I get the four times multiple? Because I want that 200,000 to go four times instead of two times. All right. So there's three scores we look at. Um, and these are done sort of subjectively and objectively. There are scores to go along with them. But here's what we're looking at. Number one, business readiness. The second is business attractiveness. Remember, you don't get to decide how much your firm sells for. It's the private market that decides how much it sells for. It's kind of like real estate, right? Yes, and then the third thing is the personal readiness. And so there are going to be people listening going, ah, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. Uh, wait a second. 20% of businesses that put a for sale sign in the yard actually sell. That means 80% of the businesses that actually went on the market, not just that are thinking about it, but they went on the market, 80% of those businesses don't sell. Why? Three out of every four of the businesses that don't sell, don't sell because you, the owner, got cold feet because you didn't know what you were going to do the next day after you sold your business. Because you sobered up and went, wait a second, I'm going to get how much for this? Two million? What am I going to do for income tomorrow? Well, a lot of people run on the rule of four and that 4% return. Now, your financial advisor might say five or eight or 10 or whatever, but typically an evaluation specialist to go on a rule of four and they'll say, all right, 4% of 200, uh, $2 million, that's $80,000 a year. And at my lifestyle, I don't think I'm going to get anywhere close to that. Not to mention, I got to pay taxes and I got to reinvest some of that, right? And so we yeah, start to look much. at this. Yeah. And so what's going to increase that multiple? Because you can't get away from your EBITDA. Your EBITDA is your EBITDA, that number, that bottom line on your P&L. But you can influence your multiple. For me, the private buyer, whether it's your employees or an outside private buyer, to look at and go, okay, I'll give you two and a half instead of two because you're not selling, you're not conducting the legal services. And so if you want a simple rule of thumb for how to get a higher multiple, ask this question, what happens to your firm if something happens to you? And if your firm can not only run without you, but can grow without you, your multiple should get higher and higher and higher. And then we take that, we look at your recast financials, we put a number together, and we look at those things with your readiness forms, and that's the mix that goes together to determine uh, sort of a marketable number that we put out to the market at that point. All right. That's all some good stuff right there. Um, and, and all pretty real. I mean, I've talked with uh, plenty of business brokers and business uh, private equity and just learning as much as I can about this kind of stuff, too. And um, I'm no expert, of course, like Scott, but 
a lot of what he just said is, is pretty spot on. And you'll be surprised, you know, breaking down, like, what's my EBITDA? And so we track our EBITDA on a monthly basis. And if you're planning to sell, you can't just be like, ah, I'll just sell next month. Like, you really need to get ahead of that probably three years of yeah. good, clean financials planning for this ahead of time. If you really the average exit that. usually takes three to five years of strong yeah. planning. Uh, we really want people to start thinking seven to 10 years out, but okay. three to five is about the minimum you can do. Anything less than that, you're fire sailing. You're trying to, you're trying to duct tape stuff together. And sometimes it works, by the way. Sometimes you can catch a naive buyer and you don't want to do that. That's not honest doing that. But the reality is anything less than three years is usually duct taping a sale together to package it to the market, hoping that you find a naive buyer. That is all all good advice and things that yeah, hopefully you're listening to this and you're, you know, you're you're new in your journey or maybe you're closer to retirement and thinking, yeah. what are you gonna do? You have to be way ahead of this. And again, you're talking about seven years, maybe 10 years out, you know, where are you where are you at? Right. And and these things, and so like I know for us. We're operating as if we're selling, although we're not selling yes. anytime soon. But we're trying to get all this stuff in a row because not because we want to sell, but necessarily because we know all those things will make us run and operate and grow. That's right. Um, and if the time comes when we have to sell or something happens with my partner or me or whatever, we're going to be in the best position possible. And that's only going to benefit our families, our employees, and their families. That's right. Uh, as well. So, we say and, and none planning. of this stuff is that much fun, right? It's no. it's hard. It, it, it's it's, it's not tedious. fun until you get into it. Once you get into it, you're like, okay, all right. Yeah. Because it feels responsible. It feels grown up because it is. It is responsible. It is grown up. And you got to deal with a lot of this. But the reality is, is once somebody gets going on this, this becomes the obsession. They realize that, wait a second, the product is not the product. The legal services is not the product. The process is the product. Listen, please don't be offended to any lawyers that are listening, but your legal services are commodities. I can go right down the street and get personal injury. Now, I realize you can get more than that person down the street. That's what you tell me, right? And so you can you can settle for more. You can do all that stuff. I get it. But the reality is your product is not your product. Your process is your product. That's what you're building. And once firm owners can get that around their minds and they go, wait a second, I don't need to wake up and do all the litigation. I don't need to wake up and do all of this. I can bring other people in and set a stage for them to operate. And now I've got the freedom to grow this thing and offer more opportunity for more people. 100%. That's the best thing I've heard in a while right there. It's, it's, you're not be the best lawyer, need to be the best lawyer, going to be the best lawyer. And in fact, me, I don't, I don't do any marketing or build websites or design stuff anymore. I still am interested and I know it inside and out. Right. But my passion is now the business, uh, like you said. And uh, as you get started, it's kind of like, oh, there's all this stuff we got to do. And it looks daunting, especially if you've already built a company with 10, 15 people. Yes. And you haven't done any of this stuff. And I was there. We were there. And you're kind of lost. And you're, you just see all this stuff that you got to do. And you're like, I don't even want to start that because yeah, I, I just can focus on more sales or, you know, I can uh, work on some client work um, instead. And. And then you're just never going to get to where you want to go. So it's, yeah. you know, take it in bite size, start working on these things uh, in order. Uh, I would definitely suggest going and checking out Scott's. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, my business on purpose.com. And uh, 
Sounds like you got plenty of tools and videos. And we've got a we got an assessment on there too, Kevin. If you want to, if you're a firm owner, you want to understand where you sit on this continuum of what we'll call back end health of the of the firm. If you go to our website, go to mybusinessonpurpose.com, and then forward slash healthy. If you put the forward slash healthy behind the website, there is a uh, there's an assessment there. It'll take about five to seven minutes. Uh, you really need to be not distracted to sit down, answer the questions, but answer them honestly. And ask yourself, do I have a written vision? Not do I have a thought in my head of where we're going? Is it written down, right? And so we walk you through all of those layers and we'll give you a numerical value between zero and 45 as to the health of your business. And so you can start there and go, okay, I got a diagnosis. Now let me go to work and I can, you can DIY. I mean, you can get my book. My book's there. We don't make any money off books, by the way. So my book's there. It's called Let Your Business Burn. And it walks through all the templates are in the back of the book. You can literally DIY the whole thing yourself with the book it's or, or or there's a ton of others right the 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 ultimate bible on this is e-myth from michael oh, gerber way awesome. back in the day and so yeah. you can take e-myth you can take built to sell you can take my book and and just start diying this stuff and piecing it together and do it that way I, what team wants to see is that you're trying that's what they want to see they don't want to see perfection they know that doesn't exist but they yeah. want to see that you're trying with great what we call the rpms of great leadership repetition predictability and meaning if they can see repetition, predictability, and meaning while you fail from time to time, they're good. <laughs> but it's the moment that they see a lack of repetition, a lack of predictability, and a lack of meaning, that's where they start to scatter. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so this is something you've never worked on before or, you know, your employees would say, hey, hey, guys, I'm going to work on these things. I'm going to get yeah. better at these things. And, and you know, you as an owner, you know, thinking that you're kind of, untouchable or just, you know, um, you know, you kind of run the show, be a little vulnerable. Hey, yeah, I'm going to work on some of these things. Like we're going to absolutely, um, they'll, they, they'll give you a lot of leeway if you're honest. Excellent. Well, uh, Scott, I appreciate you so much coming on and, and sharing all this stuff. I know we, we unpacked a lot of stuff there on vision and how important it actually is. Uh, mission and values. We talked a lot about structure on a very high level. Of course, you can talk about that all day long. Yeah. And then exit and, and what that really looks like. And it might not look great for most if you haven't done these things. That's right. And so if you really want to have a good exit, uh, a good retirement, or leave it to your employees or family or whatever, it's you owe it to them to put, put it in the best position possible. And then, yeah. like I always say, if you want to do good things, give back, help uh, your church or charity. If you make a little bit or have a little bit, you can only give a little bit. That's so, right. You know, if you can do bigger things, you can you can help more people. So that's right. That's exactly right. That's a great joy too. Absolutely. So that's what I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in for this podcast. Again, you know, always trying to bring you great guests and, and different topics. Always looking for great guests uh, to come on the show. So if you think you're one, or if you know someone that would be amazing, reach out to me. Also, uh, connect with Scott or me, LinkedIn, or on our websites. Happy to answer any questions. If you want me to connect you with Scott, uh, I can do that as well. So reach out, let me know. Scott, anything else we want to talk about before we go? Hey, Kevin, no, I'm really grateful. Putting a podcast together is really hard. Uh, it takes a lot of work. And I'm really grateful that you would share the screen uh, and allow me to be a part of it. So thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, appreciate you for coming on and taking time. We're recording today, just a few days before Christmas. So, but if you're listening to this, it's probably after the new year. 
So have a great new year. Hope you had a great new year. And if you set those goals and you're halfway through the month, stick to them. Let's go. Uh, don't fall off. And uh, let's grow our firms and, and do good things. Yeah. So That's good. Thank you. Kevin. All right, Scott, everyone. See you soon. Thank you for listening. We have been producing this podcast for years, have had hundreds of guests, and produced hundreds of episodes. We don't ask for much, but I do have one ask. If you find value in this podcast, please share it with one person just like you. The best way to do that is to send them to ArrayDigital.com, where we have a full library of all the episodes that they can sort by practice area and or state. So again, we appreciate you listening and thanks for sharing.